catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Live mic. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what is going on? My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor behind the steelcurtain.com, and we're bringing you this new edition of the live mic, uh, talking about what the Steelers should do when it comes to hiring coaches. Of course, this podcast kind of comes on the heels of the Steelers uh, requesting to interview a, a, a couple people, really, for their now vacant defensive coordinator position. Um, really, this is going to be kind of the, the big news storyline for the Steelers to uh, kind of keep an eye on throughout the next couple weeks here, at least till probably around the end of the Super Bowl, if not uh, even before that. Uh, when uh, teams typically get their hiring done. Uh, the Steelers really aren't in the market for a, a head coach uh, by all means, so um, I, I really anticipate all their hiring to be done uh, before that, what, February 13th uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So with that said, today's show kind of, uh, I wanted to encompass what I think the Steelers should do when it comes to this hiring cycle, when it comes to looking for names and for improving this roster, because I really think it is extremely important for the Pittsburgh Steelers um, to improve their coaching staff, to add coaches to it, and really get younger, which is going to be a big theme of this show and, and something that... Um, Really, I'm going to preach, and something I have been preaching, uh, even last year when the Steelers were looking for a couple new coaches in the offseason. Now, first and foremost, uh, we should bring up the two names that the Steelers requested uh, to interview in replacement of uh, Keith Butler, who, of course, retired this past week as the defensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers after, what, 19 years with the team and winning a pair of Super Bowls. Uh, firstly, uh, the Steelers re requested to interview uh, assistant head coach and defensive coordinator of the New York Giants in Patrick Graham. And uh, on top of that, they also asked uh, the New Orleans Saints if they could interview Chris Rich. Uh, who is currently their defensive backs coach, formerly the defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks from 2015 to 2017. Now, uh, both Richard and... Um Patrick Graham are pretty young here. Patrick Graham is, well, he just turned, actually, at the time of recording, he turned 43 years old uh, at, the, at the exact moment of recording. So uh, happy birthday to Coach Graham. But um, Chris uh, Richard uh, turned 42 in October. So both these guys are in their early 40s. And to me, that's huge. That's something the Steelers should, like a direction they should be looking uh, into when it comes to hiring these guys. Really, think about the coordinators that Mike Tomlin has uh, had on his team throughout these years. They haven't been young guys. They, they really haven't been uh, forward-thinking coordinators that really push the envelope by any means. Um, you think of uh, Dick LeBeau, who was in his 70s by the time he hung it up, and uh, Randy Feekner was no young guy by any means. Uh, 
Bruce Arians was not a young guy. Really, Todd Haley was it was kind of like the youngest coach they had brought in for uh, for a coordinator position, aside from Matt Canada, who was hired last fall. And some will, we will touch on a little bit later in the show because um, I think that's a name uh, worth chatting about to uh, to a, to an extent here. But when it comes to hiring coaches. The Steelers need to go younger. Heck, when they hired Mike Sullivan, uh, QB coach, um, last offseason, that, that was another name where I was thinking to myself, oh, it's an older guy. Like, not really sure how I feel about this when there's names like Pep Hamilton available, uh, like guys in their 40s. It just... It's just one of those things that football is such an evolving sport, and really, you see the strongest coaches in the league today, and basically the coaches that are left in the playoffs here, aside from Andy Reid, they're all pretty darn young guys, and uh, Zach Taylor and Sean McVay uh, and uh, Kyle Shanahan, they are not old head coaches, uh, first and foremost. So the game is shifting younger, and uh, the guys underneath those guys are typically younger than them as well. Um, coaching has shifted to become a young man's game because you need to push the envelope. In uh, the NFL, in such a high-powered offensive league, you need to be able to come up with some creative stuff that isn't the same old song and dance to your, your eye-back uh, power. That's just not cutting it in football anymore. You need forward thinking. Uh, you need guys that really kind of, like I said, push the envelope of what an NFL offense or defense or special teams is today. And really, to me, you're, you're not really going to find that in uh, in your older coaches. Um, even even like the better coaches in football that have the, that are seasoned, really a lot of them are surrounded by young, talented, forward-thinking um, assistant coaches that have really kind of helped kind of spearhead the, the teams in proper directions like you look at the Patriots uh, I, I think if you asked anyone who the best head coach in the NFL is I'm, I'm almost certain Evan will tell you it's old Bill Belichick but think about his coordinators over the years uh from uh uh, from Josh McDaniels, who was, what, in his 40s? He was hired to be the, the Colts head coach before he said, "Now nah, I'm going to keep doing this thing, uh, my offense coordinator role up here in New England. Uh, I think of Matt, Patri- Matt Patricia, who, uh, of course, ended up being one of the worst coordinators ever, or head coaches, rather, uh, but he was a, a great DC for the Patriots. Just, like, think of all the names. Like, Joe Judge is another guy. Like, they are young guys that, of course, like weren't good head coaches, but could understand how to coordinate and call plays um, at a at a level that uh, really only a forward thinking younger person could do. And this is one of the big reasons why I want the Steelers to start looking younger when it comes to not only hiring coordinators, but hiring um, positional coaches as well. That being said, I still think there is one name uh, that I am more than okay with the Steelers hiring someone that is older. Uh, And that would be an offensive line coach, because of course Vic Fangio being uh, fired there in Denver, that also meant uh, offensive line coach Mike Munchak is available. Uh, The Steelers, of course, don't actually currently have an offensive line coach with Adrian Clem uh, buggering off to the University of Oregon. Uh, I know Chris Morgan took over the, the role, but he was still had an interim tag that to my knowledge and my belief has not been removed. The Steelers still need an offensive line coach. If Munchak is available, we saw what he was able to do to transform the Steelers' offensive line. Uh, Coaches that are able to 
get that much out of their players and develop guys to that degree are timeless, especially at uh, the positional level. At the positional level, 100%, I am all game for bringing Mike Munchak back. If you're going to hire someone that's older, do it at the positional level that has experience that can that is willing to work with someone that, that's younger, that's ahead of them uh, as a, a coordinator and uh, just be okay with uh, learning from someone that's younger than them uh, when it comes to those styles of football. But when it comes to offensive line technique, that, that's something that really doesn't change a whole heck of a lot from year to year. And Mike Munchak is still arguably the best offensive line coach in the league. So if the Seals can get Munch back, yeah, yeah, I'm jumping on board of that. I'm doing backflips. I'm celebrating. Heck, maybe I'm popping champagne. That would be a huge boot. But aside from that, the Steelers need to get younger. Uh, and really, this process of finding a defensive coordinator, it's already started with exactly that, with uh both Richard and uh, Graham, uh, both guys in their early 40s. Of course, the guy that's still the favorite to get the job, old Terrell Austin, is in his uh, mid to late 50s. Uh, it seems like he's probably earmarked and destined for the job, but it's still a never say never uh, sort of thing. Uh, is it possible that the Steelers go older? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I'd be disappointed necessarily if Terrell Austin got the job because he has been able to make these DBs better as the years have gone by. And of course, the Steelers have lost plenty of DBs since he's been here, since taking over as the true defensive back coach and kind of being like that, that secondary play caller for the defense, uh, kind of helping set up those coverages. I think he's done a great job. So there's nothing wrong with Terrell Austin being the guy. I have no problems with that. The thing is, he's still an older guy. Like, how much longer does he have in the tank? He's not someone that's going to be asked to be a, a head coach anywhere. He's done this for long enough that those opportunities have pretty much all dried up. So, to me, if I'm the Steelers, I want to have a coaching staff that other teams are begging to try to hire guys off of. Um, you look at the Rams year after year, they're getting guys plucked off their coaching staff, but then they come back with more great young forward thinking coaches. And once again, the cycle repeats itself and people trying to take coaches off that roster. Um, so that, that's the thing for me. And a huge thing the Steelers need to do is be willing to hire younger guys, be willing to hire guys outside of the organization, which I know I think a lot of Steeler fans are kind of united in. Uh, they need to do things different. That will be a whole lot easier, uh, sort of once the pipeline kind of busts here. If the Steelers hire an outside defensive coordinator, then who knows? Really, anything's possible. Um, the Steelers, I would say their linebacker coach and Jerry Olovsky, course he went through that tragedy tragedy early in the year like who knows how these things are, are going to end up um if the Steelers do promote Terrell Austin they're probably going to need someone that coordinate the front seven of the defense you know I like I know Terrell Austin has done this job before in the NFL but still his specialty is a secondary work to your strengths work to your strengths and again Hire the young guys, be willing to make moves from outside the organization, and then build upon those moves, which I totally think the Steelers are capable of doing. Uh, and uh, it'll be exciting and pretty fun over the next coming weeks to see uh, exactly how they hire guys. Now, sit tight, hang tight. The live mic will be back in just a moment. Uh, just going to jump into a quick break and be back with more of this great live mic action and talking about this coaching staff once again on the other side. So be back shortly. 
mighty Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Time for the second half of the live mic once again. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor behind the steel curtain.com. If you love this content, if uh, you want to follow up with me and uh, talk great, more great Pittsburgh Steelers content, you can go ahead and follow me at MichaelBeck56 on Twitter. Uh, I love chatting with each and every one of you, uh, talking about thoughts, especially in the offseason now, and an offseason where the Steelers are going to have a ton of cash and a, a ton of moves to be made. I love roster building as much as anyone, uh, so I welcome any conversation, especially on roster building and moves that you think the Steelers sh- should be making. Um, really, uh, just keep your eyes locked to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for articles like that, too. But once again, if you want to have a conversation with me about uh, those things, go ahead. Follow me at MichaelBeck56. Uh, Jeff Hartman likes calling me old blue check back uh, as I am the one uh, lone member of BTSC with that check mark beside my name. So you'll know it's me when you search out MichaelBeck56. But uh, anyway, getting back to the heart of our show here and talking about the Steelers coaching staff and uh, what I think they should do and things they probably should do when it comes to hiring these guys i kind of want to step off the tracks a little bit but still kind of head in the same direction talking about these coaches because one of the names that has kind of been polarizing to say the least is one matt canada uh one year in as steelers offensive coordinator and there's already been a ton of people calling for his head i I know btsc we've talked about this a, a little bit but i definitely want to get my thoughts across on this as well I know a lot of people want to bring pitchforks and start the riot and get this guy the heck off the team already, but I would pump the brakes a little bit here. The biggest thing to remember with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with this team, with this unit, the Steelers' offense was bad. Was play calling bad at times? Yeah. Yeah. Every team has its warts, though. Let's be fair here. Every team does have its warts. But the Steelers' fundamental issue on offense, they didn't have talent. Like, yes, they had a good running back in Najee Harris that produced more than he really ever should have. Receivers were good, but then their their drop issues came back at the end of the year, the worst possible time. Ben Roethlisberger probably played his worst season of his career uh, as a starter. I I know his interception numbers weren't as bad as years prior, but still, Ben, he could not make all the throws anymore. He was not throwing the route tree. I love Ben Roethlisberger, but he held this team back. And then the cherry on top was how bad the offensive line was. There was reason to be hopeful for this offensive line to be better early on in the season, but to me, Kendrick Green looked like an absolute bust out there. Uh, the Steelers had, had a, a turnstile at center. Uh, Trey Turner uh, struggled to do anything beside him at right guard. Uh, Chooks Okorafor was less than average at best. Uh, Kevin Dotson was out of shape to, to start the year and then injured to end the year. John LeGlue somehow seemed to be the best offense lineman the Steelers had uh, for stretches this year, and he was a practice squad guy just weeks ago. Uh, and then at left tackle, Dan Moore, to his credit, steadily improved. So, really, the Steelers' offense, it, I don't know how many coordinators would come in and get anything more from this offense than what the Steelers did get this year. So that's why I'm willing to give Matt Canada another season. Again, I know there's a ton of you that don't like the guy, don't like the play calling, but I challenge you to think of this. Uh, The amount of times the Kansas City Chiefs, probably the offensive juggernaut in the NFL, not just this year, but the last number of years, they've been the best offense in football. 
think about that underhand screen pass that Patrick Mahomes flipped to a Jarek McKinnon that went in for a touchdown against the Steelers in that wild card round. Think about the Steelers offense running that play. Now, one of the reasons why McKinnon was able to get f- so free in the defensive lineman uh, not stopping after realizing and recognizing it was a screen pass is because of the m- mobility of Patrick Mahomes. They have to chase him because he's athletic enough to run away, and he has done that and pick up some decent yardage. Uh, Is he the most athletic quarterback? No, but he's still able to pick up yardage with his legs, and he's done it throughout his career. Ben Roethlisberger, to flip this over the Steelers, was the least amount of mobile he's ever been in his career, and at times kind of looked like an oak tree in the forest that was on its way down to the ground. He was not mobile, so the defense had no reason to chase after him because Ben wasn't going anywhere. The Chiefs' offensive line did a great job of selling selling these plays. And the offensive line of the Steelers, like I said, absolutely putrid and just not good. Arguably the worst in football. If the Steelers were to run that that flip play in the exact same situation against the exact same defense, but you just flip the Steelers offense and Chiefs defense and everyone ran the same thing, to me that play's probably a loss of five rather than, what, a 12-yard touchdown or whatever it ended up being. That is a talent fundamental issue. So, like, really, if you're going to take away anything from the second half of the show, it's to put down the pitchforks not entirely, just holster them. If uh, if if that's how uh, you want to carry your pitchfork, I guess. But uh, I'm not ready to just punt Matt Canada out of Pittsburgh. The guy hadn't had a quarterback. The guy had a terrible offensive line with an overachieving running back and a receiving core that was dropping the football and was also consistently not on the same page as their quarterback either. The amount of times the Steelers ran uh, the wrong route or threw the wrong pass, it was astronomical. It happened at least three to five times per game with either Matt Can- uh, Ben Roethlisberger or the receiver throwing their hands up because the other did the wrong thing. It was a consistent problem for the Steelers. I know a lot of you want to point to the third down offense when Ben was throwing check down passes or, or on those like kind of streaks, uh, those crossing type routes. That's not Matt Canada again, though. Sure, those routes are designed into the offense to kind of spread out a defense. The fact that Ben was throwing them, it's because he, he wasn't confident enough in his own arm to make the f- throws down the field. He was throwing those things underneath because he it felt like it was the only thing he could complete. I know I'm putting words in into his mouth, but when you watch this, like watch the offense, you watch it back from other angles that's what was going on Ben was just throwing the the, the, the pass he knew he was going to get a completion from and he didn't want to risk throwing an interception which for an old gunslinger that's, you just can't play the position like that Ben was a huge problem for this team and like yes yeah, one of the greatest Steelers ever but we can all admit that he was definitely a problem just having a quarterback that's able to push the ball down the field That would have changed his team immensely this year, even with its offensive line problems. Like, the Steelers, between the hash marks, they weren't throwing the football there. Heck, at times, they wouldn't throw the football between the numbers. It was between the numbers and the sideline, and at the line of scrimmages where the Steelers were throwing the ball, and that was based on Ben's limitations. And, like, sure, you can blame Matt Canada for that, I I suppose, but, like, if Ben threw 30 interceptions this year because Matt Canada said, you have to do this... It would have been worse. That's what Ben was limited to. 
if the Steelers get a rookie quarterback or like someone in that can make those throws, not even like a hundred percent of the time, but like someone that just has the confidence and ability to get the ball there, this offense is going to take a step forward. So for me, I like, is Matt Canada on the hot seat still? Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that, but he at least deserves a second season and the Steelers off like personnel in the front office personnel department they need to fix this offensive line and they need to figure out something at the quarterback position and really right now it looks like it will just end up being Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins mixed with the D-level free agent or uh, a draft pick who knows where that draft pick uh, will come from and in what round but it, it seems like the Steelers probably won't give Matt Canada a much better quarterback play as it is so at the very least, what they can do is is get him a great offensive line. Build an offensive line that's going to get whoever at quarterback time to throw the football and open up better run lanes for Najee Harris. If the Steelers can have a 2,000-yard rusher, things are going to be different. And you know what? You might be rolling your eyes at 2,000-yard rusher, but with 17 games and a proper offensive line, Najee Harris had 1,200 yards in the full season. To his credit, he played all 17 games but behind one of, if not the worst offensive lines in football. So I just want to pump the brakes on the Matt Canada narrative for now. Um, Could he be fired a year from now? Yeah. If the Steelers offense doesn't take any steps in any one proper direction, sure. But the Steelers right now need to fix their personnel issues. Like, again... If the Steelers roll into next season and uh, you got LeGlue and Kendra Green as your starting right guard center uh, and Kevin Dotson is still out of shape and you let Chooks go and you have the banged up Zach Banner at right tackle who can never stay healthy and Dan Moore just kind of stagnates, it's going to be worse. And again, like you can't fault the play caller. Give me any off, like just name names to me at offensive coordinator that's going to get more with this talent. The talent is putrid and pathetic. Like the Steelers should never have been a nine win team this year, but somehow they were, and they made the playoffs. They had horrible offensive talent, and we can, we can all admit it. The salary cap dropped significantly, but still, the Steelers and fans we kind of rolled high on a lot of guys being better than they were. Like again, Kendrick Green, he was not good, and. I know there's a lot of people that want to say, oh, just make him a guard. He'll be fine. I'm of the impression that this guy's not an NFL player as it is. Like, if a team offers you a seventh-round pick for him, I'd think about it. Like, I'm probably closer to cutting Kendrick Green after training camp than I am starting him ever again. That's just really from his fundamental flaws. Um, like, he, he's a, a short player with short arms that gets blown off the football. Despite this, and I know a lot of people want to say, oh, he can just get stronger in the offseason. The guy has a 700-pound squat. The, the videos are online. He did that before the season. He's one of the stronger players in football. Like, he has, like, the athletic traits. He just doesn't have, like, the football sense and skill and ability to play center. He, like, he was airmailing snaps over even Ben's head the amount of times we were lucky to bring bring just a snap down. The Steelers have issues. We can all admit it. We can look in the mirror and be like, yeah, like, there are warts here. And the warts are personnel. A lot of that had to do with a, a, a significantly dropped salary cap, which we know is going to jump to over $200 million this year. And the Steelers can make some moves that can quite 
easily push them over $60 million in cap space. And again, even more than that, like right now they sit with like $44 million, $42 million in cap space before releasing anyone. And it seems like Schobert and Zach Banner are for sure gone. And that frees up like $14 million there. You can restructure Cam. I, I, you could restructure TJ Watt. Like, I don't think you'd want to after just giving him that contract. But like, there's tons of moves that could be made to free up tons of cash. Like, you, you got to figure out what you're doing with Stefan to it if he's not playing football again. Like, that's another move. The Steelers can have a ton of money. They can fix their offense line through free agency alone. They can make a ton of significant moves to improve this team. And if, if they don't do that, then, like, Matt Cannon's just not going to get a fair shake here in Pittsburgh. And if he gets fired for it, then I, I guess so be it. But to me, the front office is at more at fault for this offensive struggles than the, the coordinator ever could be this past year. So what the Steelers need to do is buck up and get a proper offense. They, they need to be able to at least compete with the great offensive football. We watched the divisional round. You need to be able to score, what, like 20 points now? in the two-minute drill? Probably not 20, but still, like, you should be able to score two touchdowns now with two minutes left in the game because that's kind of what you're going to have to do if you want to win a Super Bowl. you got to be able to compete. you got to be able to score. you got to be able to drive the football down the field, and if you don't have talent, it's not happening. The Detroit Lions are another team that didn't have much talent. They had a better offensive line than the Steelers. Not much better at anything else, but, like, they had a good line. Like, what do you expect? The Steelers just don't have offensive talent. And again, and this will just kind of be my closing overall thought here is like, you got to give Matt Canada a shot and you got to get him talent to, to actually run his offense properly. He needs a quarterback that can run his stuff. Ben clearly wasn't that guy. And I, honestly, it was probably stupid that uh, they, they gave him uh, that uh, the title of OC this year uh, instead of just letting him be the offense or the quarterback coach once again. But they're they're hamstrung. They, they had to get rid of Feekner. It sucked. But again, I, I think Matt Canada will be better moving forward as so long as the Steelers get him some talent to play with. So that's going to be the big thing to watch for an offense. So fingers crossed that the Steelers can actually figure that the heck out. All that being said, I want to thank you for uh, tuning in to today's edition of the Live Mike Podcast from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And speaking of said website, go ahead and click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com right now. Should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers from breaking news like uh, like the coaches uh, that uh, the Steelers have been interviewing. Like They're going to have a new defense coordinator. Uh, that's going to be some big breaking news over the coming weeks. Uh, the Steelers are going to start... Uh, maybe handing out extensions to some of their own players and sooner or later they're going to start cutting players and after that they'll be restructuring players it's going to be a very busy time and like I've said the last couple of podcasts quite possibly the most exciting uh, off season in Steelers history in salary cap history uh, huge draft need a quarterback, tons of cash. It's just an exciting time to be a Steelers fan in the offseason, might I say. The most exciting time is when they're winning Super Bowls, but this offseason could go a very long way in determining the future of this team for the next decade, really. Off, each offseason is important, but when you have as many holes and, and as many assets as the Steelers currently do to fill said holes, this is the offseason of a generation, really. This is going to affect uh, what uh, what you will see probably for the next 10, 15 years. 
So hang tight and BTSC is going to walk you through this entire process. I know I'm excited for it, so I hope you are too. Once again, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for listening to the live mic, and we will catch you guys soon. 